when we talk about explore really away from the core, then I would say the central department is the right uh, one to go. If you go a little bit into the business units, especially also look at uh, adjacent businesses, right? Maybe not real completely explore that it doesn't fit into the strategy anymore or that it expands the strategy, but being adjacent to the exploit business that the business units have. And there are different business units have different approaches. Quickly add to what, what uh, Eva just said, I think she made an important point. There is no one-size-fits-all solution. So you have to tailor the solution to how you define explore or how you define breakthrough innovation. So it's all about defining what you would like to achieve first and then look for the right approach or the, let's say, the tailored solution to come up with that. So and there is no blueprint. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sofian Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're having a great week out there. We're going to have a fun chat this morning. We've got a couple of guests, and we're going to be talking about dual innovation. My guest today, I'm joined by uh, Dr. Ralph Christian Orr, who you've heard from before. He's spoken on this podcast, and he's a, a corporate innovation advisor. He speaks about dual innovation and scaling up, and uh, he's written a book. So uh, he's been on the show before, and somebody new. Uh, Dr. Eva Budishin. And Eva is uh, head of new business building and innovation at Bosch Engineering. And they are two co-authors with a third author who's not with us today, Sebastian Budishin. Sebastian is the head of business venture building and strategy at Bosch Stationary Solid Oxide Fuel Cells. How, how about that? But uh, we got two of the authors here and their paper they wrote is really good. It's dual innovation, key principles, and future-proofing corporate innovation. And that's a topic we're all going to be interested in. So, Eva, Ralph, welcome to the show. Hi, Thank you, Paul. <laughs> yeah. And where are you joining us from? Ralph, you can go first, and then we'll, we'll let Eva go. Yeah, as usual, uh, I'm joining from Switzerland, as always. So, I'm still based here, and yeah, I work and, and, and live here in the eastern part of Switzerland. We, we lack snow, as in Austria, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, enough uh, time to, to work on, on dual innovation, other exciting stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And Eva, where are you joining us from? I am actually joining from my home office, which is in Nuremberg in Bavaria, Germany. My office, like Bartels in Stuttgart, Stuttgart area, but we just moved back to my hometown. That's why I'm doing home office today. Yeah. Is Bosch still a largely a home office way of working, or is it mixed? Or it is mixed, I would say. I mean, it's it's such a big company, right? There are different rules for different business units and departments, so everyone is handling a little bit different. But I would say for those who do not have to be in production, it's a little bit more relaxed. Great, great. Well, thank you both for joining. This is going to be fun. Ralph, I'd like to start with you because uh, we may have some new listeners, we very probably do, uh, who aren't familiar with the term dual innovation. Can you just uh, cover that real quick? Sure. Um, dual innovation is, let's say, a, a special approach that, that aims to, to implement what is called organizational ambidexterity, um, which is uh, quite an older concept rooted in, in academia. For, for many years, I think it goes back to the 70s or, or 80s, basically says 
if uh, companies want to become or stay future-proof, they have to follow two streams in parallel, exploiting or running the core business, uh, what they have already <clears throat> established, and in parallel also come up with new stuff, innovations that, that pay into their future. So you have to do both in parallel, So, which sounds basically logical and easy, but the hard part is to get it implemented in, in larger organizations. And this is what, what dual innovation is all about. And we want to really help companies in, in doing that and thriving on that. Right. So and um, how this is, can be done, I think we will be talking about this it's in, in, the, in the course of the show. Yeah. And Afa, uh, how did you get involved in, in dual innovation? Yeah. So the topic, I'd say in general, and dexterity is also a big topic at Bosch. It got more prominent in the last, let's say, maybe seven, eight years when the topic of business model innovation, explore innovation got more and more popular, prominent, more and more important. So um, at that time, we opened up a central business model department for real explore innovations uh, while running the exploit innovations next to it. I mean, Bosch has always been strong in exploiting and in incremental innovations. And so slowly this, this explore part got more and more important. But we also realized that it's not enough to have this explore and this exploit part. You also need kind of a bridge, right? Because we learned during the years now to, to validate new businesses uh, fast, efficient, cost-efficiently, to, to start new businesses also fast. But if you validate an internal startup positively, how do you scale it? Mm. How do you make it soon become an exploit business, right? That's the goal of turning explore into exploit. And that's especially when dual innovation comes into place. And that's when Ralph and I got to meet and got to talk about this concept, and we had the same ideas, the same thoughts, and that's how our partnership kind of developed. Yeah, that that's very helpful. So, so Ralph, in the in the beginning of the paper, you talk about an exploration unit as as a concept for for companies to to adopt, and I think if you just sort of mentioned the same, what what is the exploration unit, and and who leads that? Hmm. Well, an exploration unit is, is may, maybe a broader term for what, what company usually refer to as innovation units or digital units. It's, it's some kind of corporate space where exploration or exploratory innovation that goes beyond the typical scope of a of core business can be, uh, can be pursued or can be, can be driven, right? So, and, um, as we know, uh, coming up with new stuff, uh, poses completely disparate requirements to, let's say, uh, running the existing stuff or existing businesses. So you have to, in order to do both, you have to reconcile completely different uh, requirements, which is naturally difficult to pursue in one and the same unit, right? Because you have to follow different logics or different uh, priorities or whatever you would call it. So for most companies, and particularly in the industrial space, setting up a dedicated unit to drive, let's call it breakthrough innovation or more radical innovations is indicated. And I think this is also, and that's what we both noted, noticed, uh, Eva and I, this also applies to Bosch. I think there are different specialities, how, how dedicated units or, or frameworks or spaces can be set up. But I think they have in common that it is a dedicated space 
which is designed to come, come up with new stuff and to comply with the with the requirements um, needs right and so this is what an exploration unit is all about basically and uh, usually it's headed by a senior leader which is positioned at executive management minus one uh, level so to speak so anchored at a very high level so it, it receives enough power uh, for for new stuff to be driven inside the corporate and do you have such a unit in AFA in, in Bosch? And and what would, what do you call that? So there, are, I would say there are different forms also, as as Ralph mentioned. I'm a big Bosch is a big company, right? So um, I mentioned before the central department for business model innovation, which is kind of well, as it already said, as the name says, centrally. So it supports new um, explore businesses in all business units of Bosch. And that's what I want to go a little bit deeper. What's Ralph mentioning the different prerequisites or different specialties? That's, I mean, what we need is different processes. We need dif different KPIs. You cannot use the traditional exploit KPIs like a return of invest, for example, business plan. That's always very famous and popular to ask that at the beginning. But in the explore space, we have to think differently. Um, because we are in an uncertain space with hypotheses that we have to test, have to validate. We don't even know who our customer is and what he she wants. Um, so these are different mindsets and different KPIs that you have to apply. And so we have this, the central unit. And then also every business unit is also kind of handling it a little bit differently. Right. So um, when we talk about X explore really away from the core, then I would say the central department is the right uh, want to go. If you go a little bit into the business units, especially also look at uh, adjacent businesses, right? Maybe not real completely explore that it doesn't fit into the strategy anymore or that it expands the strategy, but being adjacent to the exploit business that the business units have. And there are different business units have different approaches. Quickly add to what what uh, Eva just said. I think she made an important point. There is no one size fits all solution. So you have to tailor the solution to how you define explore or how you define breakthrough innovation. So it's all about defining what you would like to achieve first, and then look for the right approach or the let's say the tailored solution to come up with that. So and there is no blueprint for for solutions which you can let's say impose to every company. Right, this is it's important point to make because I see many um, advisors and consultants out there who preach one one size fits all solutions, which is simply not true in my in my view. Yeah, so you really have to treat companies as as individual organizations, and you also have to look for individual uh, solutions for their particular context and their particular uh, objectives. Yeah, yeah. The culture is different, so politics is different. So I think I agree with Ralph. This has to be flexible. What there is, uh, at least from our experience, is that there are things that are fixed, like what I said about a different procedure, a different KPIs. In my opinion, this can be, or from our experience, testing a lot of startups from really, really different directions. Um, they all apply the same KPIs in the same way of thinking in the same processes. So I think in this direction, this can be applied to a lot of industries, a lot of companies, but how you put it into the organization, how you install it, establish it, that's, I think, should be different. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I certainly understand that. I mean, you have different cultures, you have different ways of working, different organizational structures, different strategies. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense what you say. But within a big company like Bosch, were you able to get some commonality across the different areas where you're trying this? Or even even within the company, do the do the KPIs and the approaches start to vary a bit? Well, I think in general you can say that for for the explore context, um, we managed to have one framework, which is called the Bosch Innovation Framework, which we introduced a couple of years ago, and which is kind of a I wouldn't say it's not a process. It's it's a framework coming from well starting with a strategic framing and, and going over ideation, preparation, validation up to scaling. It contains a certain special way of, of working, of thinking, of validating ideas, and it also includes KPIs behind each phase, but explore KPIs as I was just mentioning before. And this is a, a framework that has been um, actually, I think applied in almost all business units now, and it's very prominent. Those people who are working in innovation and working in explore innovations, they know the BIF. So that's called BIF or Bosch Innovation Framework, and they apply it. There can be adaptions to it. Like, for example, we at Bosch Engineering, we do not have production, right? So there is a little bit, there might be differences uh, as we are um, a service provider. So you might have to to adapt it a little bit, but that's just really tiny things like the general concept and the general thinking that's the same. And of course, every business unit has to learn, has also learn how to adapt or how to use it. But I think it's already a very, very good progress that we made to really introduce this framework all over Bosch. Yeah, yeah. For me, Bosch is, is, is a real forerunner in that respect because Bosch is one of the very few companies who really managed to establish a kind of end-to-end -end capability from starting from ideas or strategic framing, as, as Bosch calls it, up to, let's say, a scaling ventures up to a significant size or business. So, and there, the whole space is covered in between, which uh, is usually not the case. You look at, at other companies and this is a, a critical requirement to really come up with new stuff because a lot of companies tend to, let's say, promote or, or, or uh, fund, for example, new technologies. So more the front end, but later on, they, they fail to invest into making the business or making the market, right? So and you, you need to have this end-to-end -end thinking in place to come up with really new stuff. And uh, I think Bosch managed to do this. Yeah, yeah. You spoke uh, last time, Ralph, we spoke, or one of the earlier podcasts we were on together. You were speaking about that challenge between, you know, to get to uh, scaling up. And I, I think you referred to the valley of death, right? With so many, so many challenges to get there. Right? Mm -hmm. It sounds like at Bosch, the framework, the BIF, the Bosch Innovation Framework, BIF, is really helping you uh, deal with that, right? It does, but it also, I also have to mention, well, it, it's been a long way and we're still learning. So good kind of say we've been learning from face to face. So we started at ideation. We, we, we got more or we learned more about how to validate hypotheses than we figured out, uh, we have to set a strategic framing before. So we added a face before. And then when we learned how to really validate hypotheses quickly and cost efficiently and how to also Establish that mindset in the organization that it's good to start projects. 
um, which is still an ongoing journey. Then we came to the next phase, which is scaling up and, and those businesses that have been validated positively. And um, we're not done yet. So there are a lot of approaches how to scale up the businesses within Bosch or externally, but we still have to, to learn a lot in that regard, in that field. The interesting thing is um, at companies that they start to, to look at this end-to-end capability one by one. So they usually start with the, with the front end, coming up with ideas, identify opportunities. This is one competence in itself. You, you work with startups or you tap into to employees' ideas or whatever. There are different sources to that. So after that, you they t- care about validating these things. So you to build up this this validation engine, or you deal with lean startup and all these all these methodologies and, and tools. But then you end up at the point where you see, okay, we have validated ventures. We have a lot of good ideas. But now what? So they don't fit immediately into the into the, the core business with. It's, you know, uh, rules and, and processes and regulations and requirements and so on. So there's a white space or gap in between. That, that's what we identified back in 2017. And at that time, it was still a hypothesis from our side, the scaling up problem. But meanwhile, it, it, it has been, let's say, confirmed by a lot of companies. Yeah? They say, okay, we, we are quite good at doing this. This discovery and validation stuff, but it doesn't suffice. We need to, to add another step to fill the gap between the, 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 the validated venture and and fully fledged business. And that's what scaling up is, is all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe to also say that or from the or explain a little bit from our side, from the practice side, it's like you have to imagine those startups, those internal startups, they have a high pace when they validate their businesses. So we have, for example, our Bosch Accelerator program where they really run through those phases. So the first phase, customer discovery is like eight weeks where they really validate if there's a customer problem and they go into the next phase, which is around six months to build an MVP and to do first test sales or not, and then to stop or go on. And um, those who go on, which are not many, by the way, because we know you have to test a lot, right, to come to very, very few successful startups. But those who make it, they are used to the pace that they have been through the last month. And now they come into the organization where there are like exploit processes that have been there for hundreds of years, you could already say it, Bosch. Yeah. And uh, that is, first of all, it, it demotivates the teams because they, they kind of fall on hard ground on um, different rules, processes, legal processes take a year, the purchasing processes, HR, every process now takes very, very long time. And that was especially the, the challenge to see how can we bridge this gap? How can we make it well, successful for those few validated ideas to scale up in an environment where they do not hit the the exploit processes right away, like at such a big scale. Yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And you need those resources, don't you? You need some of those resources that are that are in the company to do scale up. So that's an interesting challenge. Resources, of course, also kind of an understanding of the management. Right, they have to understand that there is now a team that has been working differently than the teams that the management actually knows from the exploit process. 
So um, it's like I said before, it's different styles and different mindsets. The team itself coming from an explorer validation phase, I mean, that's also important, right? It has to change as well because they are slowly well, turning into an exploit a team uh, project where maybe those explorers are not needed anymore, do not want even to work there anymore because they are now diving into the exploit process. <laughs> I think we're all human beings motivated by different things, right? So I know there are people that like to take developed concepts and go through the, the exploit side, right? Go through that. Well, how do we make this concept real, right? And there are other people that say, no, I just want to invent more. Yeah, sure. And that's, I think both have their justification, right, in, in a company. Yeah. We need those who, who grow with the existing business and who want to live in stability, you could say, with processes. But we also know those need those explorers who know how to deal with uncertainty. I think that's the most important thing. I mean, of course, in a corporate context, that's a little bit more secure as if you are a real startup person, but entrepreneur. But still, I mean, if you are an internal startup and you know maybe in three months you have to look for a new job again because you start your own, that's a different type of person, employee that you need. I think uh, having the right people or the, the right staff with the right mindset and the right culture is one major ingredient of those, let's say, dedicated spaces for for new businesses or for, for innovation or part of a dedicated operating model to, to come up with new stuff. So many, many companies, they put in place dedicated structures, a very good organization, sophisticated processes, but they, they fill them with still uh, old-minded people, right? And then you have a kind of clash. You have the best structure, the best environment, but you have, say, traditional people employed. So, and this is, it doesn't match, right? And I think it's important to have the right fit there as well. Yeah, yeah. I know I would love to, if if I was a creative type and uh, really just a startup type of person, I would love to work for a company where I could do that and then do it again and then do it again. Right. And not have to kind of deal with the backside of it. So I, I think what you, you're, you're, you're talking about makes a lot of sense. I know in the paper early on, you talk about the competencies needed. You talked about optimizing the core, creating the new, and then you had something called reshape the core. Tell me about that. Is that what we're kind of talking about here or? From a, from a conceptual point of view, this is, we could say at the heart of dual innovation, right? So because if you, if you look at ambidexterity or uh, ambidextrous innovation in a, in a more traditional way, so you have just two streams, right? Called explore and exploit, which we refer to as optimize the core and create the new. So optimizing the core is what you usually do in the core business. Companies are good at that. Explore or create the new is identifying new things, validating new things, right? What we just discussed, but we all also touched upon two, one or two minutes ago, there is a white space in between, right? Which, well, let's say explore and exploit intersects. So where both streams merge, which is quite challenging to, to integrate, right? Because they, they, they rest on completely different priorities and requirements. And we felt that, that it's important to consider this space explicitly as a dedicated playing field, we call it, right? And so you have to factor in this part in a corporate uh, innovation 
process or, or system, which is typically not the case. So it's, it's widely still widely disregarded in corporate innovation approaches. And I think this is one of the, the major reasons why corporate innovation tends to struggle in most companies, because that's the, the kind of bottleneck. Yeah, the, so the, the handshake between explore and exploit. And you have to design it explicitly. You have to consider this explicitly. And uh, yeah, you have to, to factor it in across several dimensions over the company, right? And that's what reshaping the core is all about. And this can be about scaling up new things, but it can also be about transforming existing business models or operating models. So it really depends. But it's at the intersection of explore and exploit. That's one of the most challenging parts because, like from our experiences, I talked about the different phases of that BIF, right, that we have, and we got help during the way from partners, from very inspiring people. We learned how to really validate businesses um, working with UC Berkeley, Alex Osterwalder, and so on. And that worked very well. But now we, we realize that when it comes to now the scaling up phase, there are a lot of venture builders and they have valuable input. But that is exactly now the phase where you have to understand the company again. And there we back to the individual. Every, every company is kind of different, has its own culture. Um, and that's the case here. So we realized that the venture builders or who are coming from outside, they can only help us to a certain degree because they do not understand how Bosch is set up and how Bosch is thinking. And that's, I think, the part that makes it especially challenging. You cannot just simply get help from outside. You have to figure out an individual solution for the company. And that's why this phase of well, learning takes a little bit longer than phases before, I would say. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And, and this phase particularly poses strong requirements on the people side because people working in that space they they really have to have one foot in each camp so to speak right one in the core business and one in the let's say exploratory part and it's typically difficult to find those people uh, in particular at the helm of of let's say corporate ventures or on the part of sponsors in the, in the exec, executive management. So they really have to be ambidextrous to be successful in that part of the, of the corporate innovation process. But it's something companies have to consider to be su successful there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're, you're sharing such great information. You got together and wrote a wonderful paper, multi-part paper that has quite a bit of more detail if people are interested, and we'll certainly include links to that. What motivated you to, to share this paper? I would say our innovative mindset. <laughs> so, so maybe something that is um, changing within our company, that you do not have to keep things to yourself, but that if you're open and sharing with others, you learn from each other, right? And I think that's a very important aspect in innovation and business model innovation. The more new markets we expand to, the more partners we need. We realize slowly also at Bosch that we do not need to do everything on our own. And it's also not possible to do everything on our own, especially when we go to explore fields. And that is kind of the mindset that we also want to, to be maybe a role model or show that it's possible that you can share things openly and discuss 
and then learn from each other, right? Other companies have maybe other experiences or surely do have other experiences and that you can learn and grow together. And I think that is kind of the, the spirit that of innovation and how innovation should be. Mm-hmm. I think Eva and I, we, we share the same thinking on that important topic. And we both are passionate of helping companies to to get in the, to the right direction. We feel companies need to become ambidextrous to become future-proof, right? And uh, so they have to start their journey. And we felt, well, it would be good to, let's say, illuminate this topic from two angles, from the from the practical point of view. So Eva and Sebastian are, are very familiar. The, the practical aspects within Bosch, for example, how to implement things, how to deal with the, the, the daily issues. I come more from the from the conceptual point of view. So, uh, and taking these these perspectives to them together, I think it might be valuable for other companies to read it, to uh, get some inspiration, and also help yeah, for their journey. Yeah, and you presented it, I think, at Innovators uh, Conference was it last year? What type of response did you get from that? We did, or at least parts of the paper we presented yeah. at the Innovators. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the resonance was, was quite good since then. So on my side, many companies approached me and said, well, it was a terrific paper. Can we start the discussion on that? We have the same similar issues. So how should we go about it, right? And uh, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. So because many companies have already started discussing this issue, for them and internally, but when they hear, okay, there is Bosch, let's say, uh, as a kind of forerunner, they have a lot of experience in implementing things, dealing with all those issues. It's it's a kind of accelerator to move on on that, that journey and to get inspired by this this role model. That's I think it was a well very good good move there. Yeah. yeah, and you could feel from the responses and the feedback that it is kind of a hot topic innovation that a lot of companies have kind of the same struggles right now. So uh, it's kind of like we hit a nerve, I would say, because a lot of people, they kind of knew what we were talking about. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, somebody starts, you know, you, you do the research, you, you just start, you quickly find out that there's not, uh, there's no just instant cookbook that you do this and, you, and you're, it's, it's working, right? And so you need... You need a network of people to reach out and discuss. And, 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 and then, as you said, I think at the beginning, Eva and Ralph, it's different for every company. So there's some commonality, but there's also the, the uniqueness. And I think sharing in a open group about those kind of challenges and things and how do we, how do we overcome those challenges? How do we make it what we as a comp, as our company need? I'm sure just hearing how you did that would be, would be very valuable to companies. Exactly. Well, what's next with it in Bosch? You mentioned a continual learning, a continual kind of moving forward. What's next? So, as I said, it's a lifelong journey, you could say. And still, this for for us, the scaling up phase is still something that we we have to learn, or we have to improve, we have to get better. And um, since Bosch is, is big, as I said before, we have different business units, right? With some are further apart or further ahead. Some maybe are more in the exploit world. So there's still a lot to do. Um, also, I would say still kind of sharing the mindset 
Uh, like we have a lot of teams now and a lot of people who think and explore and, and know how good it is to, to stop startups also very quickly to say a no-go is a good thing, but it doesn't, it, it still hasn't reached everyone, right? And it doesn't need to reach everyone of those 400,000 associates, but at least those who are working in innovation and working on new stuff. So we have to kind of still distribute or kind of share the mindset uh, still a little bit further in the organization. It's a, it's a fun journey. It's a long journey. You need a long breath. But as I said before, there's a lot of well, spirits and, and who are alike, who think alike, and then it's kind of fun to do that together and to see how innovation is growing within Bosch. I think Bosch is, is also a forerunner in that respect. So you can see that even though Bosch is, is very much advanced in, let's say, implementing ambidexterity and dual innovation, they still have to learn. They are still aware that, that they have to improve things, that they have to work on things like incubation and scaling up. And so it's, it's a, as if I mentioned, it's a long journey to get it right and to further improve it. And so... I think other companies can can learn, learn from that as well. Yeah, Bosch is such a such an admirable company. It was it's always been viewed as a as a leader in innovation and as a company that's open, uh, willing to share some of some of its learnings. Obviously, nothing uh, proprietary, but but being able to share things it's discovered around innovation. It's just it's always been a company I've admired, and it's just it's just really great to uh, to speak to you both about this this particular one and, and see how much you've, you're able to share for others to get better and hopefully get feedback for yourselves. So you are seeking input, I think, right? You want to hear from others and, and engage with others and as, as they go. Are you looking for people to uh, reach out to you? And if so, how should they do that? Well, the best is maybe uh, via LinkedIn. I think we're both quite active there. We're also happy to share the our uh, multi-part article. So if somebody is eager to read it, just reach out to us and we'll be happy to, to uh, let's share it with, with them. But besides this, uh, maybe also by email, we can uh, provide it to you. Maybe you can add it to the, you know, to the recording. So either, either way, we're happy to, to get in contact with all those interested in, in dual innovation and MA dexterity. Yeah, that's great. I printed the, the, all the parts, I have five or six parts. I did them one at a time in LinkedIn. But if somebody doesn't want to do that, I think just reach out and, and you'll be kind enough to just give them the whole paper. That's wonderful. And there's also, I think, a recording out there of you uh, doing a presentation. I think it might have been the innovator's presentation as well. So we'll put a link to that. That's on, I know, Ralph, that's on your LinkedIn feed. So we'll uh, put a link to that as well. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, anything else uh, either one of you want to say before we wrap it up for for today? Well, uh, thank you, Paul, of course, for having us, for interest in ambidexterity and for letting us talk about our learnings, our challenges. And as I said, it's uh, I love working in innovation. There are a lot of drawbacks, <laughs> a lot of things you have to explain all over again, but in the end, you, you see why you're doing it and you see it's always fun to see progress to see teams who are enthusiastic to do explore innovation and, and to also tackle the, the, the challenge of dual innovation. And it's just fun to work. And um, yeah, I'd be happy to connect with others who um, have the same spirit. 
Let's meet up in a couple of months or, or in a year or so, and we'll catch up on the, on the progress we made within Bosch and also on dual innovation in general. <laughs> Definitely. Would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll certainly stay in, in contact. And I, I thank you both for your patience. I, uh, for, for my questions might have been naive at some times, but, uh, it's really a, a great topic. And I know that as I go around talking to companies, they are at different phases of evolution. They all want to get to this or there's an aim and interest. And so I think it's, it's going to be an area that's going to just continue to grow with opportunity. So I wish you both a, a great week ahead. Thanks for joining us and, uh, and, and really very appreciative from my side. Thanks for the invitation, Paul. Much appreciated. And to you, our listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. This is a tremendous opportunity to hear from both of you. And uh, I wish everybody a great week ahead. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com. S-O-P-H-E-O-N dot com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.